This is Coffee, Books, and True Crime. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. This is Nicole. And this is Amanda. And we are Coffee, Books, and True Crime. So today we're going to be covering The Devil We Know, which is a documentary about the C8 created by the DuPont plant. This documentary is on Netflix and was released in 2018 in association with Diamond Docs, a film by Stephanie Soaptig. Yeah, I don't know if I said that correctly. So basically, if this is going to probably be... Um, it's going to majorly spoil the documentary if you've not watched it. So if you guys haven't checked out la our last episode where we talk about DuPont and its affiliation with the C8 scandal and all that, make sure you guys go listen to that one first and then come back to this one. It'll have a, a little bit of the same information, but the other one goes a little bit deeper into the lives of the people than well, the documentary does too, but this one goes into more of the people we know personally in the last episode. So go there, listen to our interviews and kind of our summary of it. And this is where we'll, we're going to review the documentary and kind of tell you a little bit more about DuPont and C8. And Basically, C8 has also been referred to as PFOA and PFOS. Yes. And PFOS. And I just can't stress enough the reach of C8. And the documentary basically begins by letting everyone know that everybody is affected by C8. That 99.9% .9 of the world's population has C8 in their blood. And how they know this is because they conducted a comparison between the DuPont workers' blood and the general population. And basically what they were wanting to do was they were wanting to see the clean versus the dirty blood. Well, what was happening was they weren't finding clean blood. So they began testing everyone. I'm talking kids, people from Asia, people from all over the world. This chemical was found in all of the blood. Now, and they, 3M and DuPont are the ones that created this. Right. This is a man-made chemical. Absolutely. This, this is not something you are born with in your blood or anything like that. Yes. Yeah, so this is not something that is at all natural. It is man-made, created, and is in your blood essentially with, without your consent. So they did find some clean blood, and this is where it gets interesting and really pinpoints that DuPont is the cause. There was blood taken from Army recruits at the beginning of the Korean War, and these tests showed to be clean because C8 and Teflon was not out in the environment yet. So this is prior to the 60s. Essentially, they now suspect, scientists now suspect that every baby is now born in the modern world with some level of C8 in their blood. So I know that we talked a little bit about Wilbur Tennant, the farmer who brought all of these issues to light in our last episode, but he was also um, covered in the documentary and his name will continue to come up throughout this case. 
and essentially he had noticed unusual stare noticed unusual statures and eyes in the animals he had essentially agreed to sell his land to dupont and this was supposed to be a non-hazardous waste negotiation but this is when he began to notice things. And I know that we covered a lot of this, but some of the things that he began to notice on his lands was dead animals, um, dead deer, dead cattle, dead fish, water running when it hadn't rained, foam on the water. And basically he videotaped the animals and the water, which was an excellent choice to oh, have yeah. video documentation. Yeah. So his entire herd ended up dying, which was his life, his lifeline. In yeah, 2001, the Parkersburg yeah. vet would not answer him and didn't want to get involved. Yeah. So the Parkersburg vet was not, whatever vet he was contacting, did not even want to come see the animals or get involved in this in any way. So in 2001, DuPont settled an undisclosed sum with tenant, and he later died of a heart attack in 2009 and his wife died of cancer two years later. So another family. So basically I'm going through right now, the people who <coughs> we know, the people we know who were affected by this. The documentary also follows Sue Bailey and pictures of her son, Bucky Bailey. And Sue actually worked at the DuPont plant. She was responsible for, pumping the water like the the excess water that came off of the PFOA the C8 into the water so she would dump the water into the creeks now Sue did not know that this was hazardous but that was her job her job at the plant was to pump the water which we now know was full of C8 into the creeks which you know goes into the river into people's water I mean, that's so, her livelihood. You know what I mean? That's not, it's not like she was intentionally doing this. She didn't, no. she was just doing what was in her job duties. Yes. And something that DuPont led her to believe was safe. A chemical she's working with every single day that they led her to believe was safe. So basically Sue, Sue Bailey had had her son, Bucky, and Bucky was born with several deformities, including he did not have a full nose. Uh, one of his nostrils was missing. Um, Sue had actually described at one point during the documentary that his breathing was so abnormal that she was scared to even hold him because she thought that he might die. Bucky had to undergo an excruciating 30 surgeries. From 30 the time, surgeries? From 30 surgeries from, get this, from one to five years of age. So oh. by the time, yeah. So by the time Bucky was five, he had had 30 surgeries. He, yeah, it's crazy. He has suffered lifelong health issues. And really, um, the documentary hits home that, that Bucky's parents instilled in him that he still needed to live his life. And they definitely, and you can tell by Bucky, he does not let his, his physical health hold him back at all. Or his physical appearance. No. But by the time he was 18, you know, he just, he needed to know why. And he wanted to be a part of this to figure out, you know, basically what we're all asking is why did DuPont do this? So 
around the time that Sue had had conceived Bucky, she had went to DuPont who blamed her for, for Bucky's health issues. So DuPont at this point is, is blaming Sue. Another woman out of seven that worked at the plant had a child with the same deformities as Bucky. So rather than acknowledging this as them causing anything with their chemical, DuPont had advised that the chemical was unsafe for pregnant women or for women to be around. So they told the women they needed to go home and they told the men, you're fine. You're fine. You keep working around it. It only affects women. Pregnant women, not even just women. (laughs) Yeah. Pregnant women. So DuPont eventually moved 50 women from the Teflon plant. Sue described working in an isolated room with cylinders full of C8 and that the containers bubbling over and that the water coming out of it, out of the Teflon, was what she had pumped directly into the river. Eventually, Sue had developed thyroid disease, which is one of the big six diseases found to be linked with C8 exposure. What is really disheartening about this whole thing is that even though studies were done in rats to show that C8 can cause tumors and deformities, Bucky, I don't, I'm pretty sure that Bucky could not be a part of the lawsuit because the deformities were not necessarily shown in the study to be directly affected by C8, the human study, the, the big study that we talked about in our yeah. last episode, which I honestly can't even imagine that that no. frustration of knowing, like, you know, it's linked, but because that study couldn't cause, couldn't say, couldn't prove it was, that study couldn't prove causation. He was not included in that, in that lawsuit settlement. So another person greatly affected by this was Ken Wamsley out of Parkersburg supervisor had invite had advised him that you know again teflon may hurt women not men sent the women away ken was eventually diagnosed with cancer he described particles being in the air where they worked white particles all over the plant he at the time of the documentary was told that he had two months to live and had said you know he's lucky to be able to tell his story and that before he dies he really wants to get this story out Something that I found very powerful in this documentary was when he was asked if he worked with anyone who seemed to get sick often during the trials, they asked him, did anyone that you worked with seem to get sick often? And had said, he starts off by saying his good friend, Carol Kaplinger died from leukemia at age 50. And then he just goes through a list of his friends, his colleagues, his coworkers who died and who who became sick and died. Um, so Carol Kaplinger, Jim Broadwater, Pat Ingram, Joy Weaver, Don Lutz, Lana Frankel, Daryl Crone, Cliff Spiker, Alana Carr, Steve Bailey, Paul Radabaugh, Glenn Pepperidge, Jill Smith, and Jim Huey all died from related illnesses. I Cancer. Every one of them was exposed to C8. This is shocking. I mean, that is just 
a literal laundry list of people who have died because of DuPont because of the exposure to this chemical. Wow. I'm just trying to take all this in and I just can't get over it. I mean, Wamsley even expressed loving DuPont at one time and never thought the company would put him in harm's way, especially intentionally. Another couple, and this is the last of, of the people that, and then we're going to get more into about C8 and, and the, the lawsuit and about, about DuPont. But first, um, I wanted to mention Earl and Gwen Botkin, who were also in the documentary. They And this, this is just another demonstration of the wide-reaching effects of C8. So they, they live in Evans, West Virginia, which is about 40 miles from Parkersburg, so about 40 to 50 miles from the plant. The Ohio River flows toward Evan and actually supplies Evan with their water. So Earl began having thyroid issues, high cholesterol, bowel issues, and was eventually diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an ulcer in his colon, and, and this, would, this would begin to bleed, and they ended up and had to take out his colon. It's very clear through the documentary that he's, you know, struggling with this. He says he doesn't talk about it. It experiences him great pain emotionally and physically, and it just really shows that all these people are so affected. And, you know, like in our last episode, like we know people, like real people that are being affected by this. I mean, we talk in our episodes all the time about, you know, wanting to give our victims a voice and wanting to tell their stories. And this is just one that, especially for me and Amanda, this this one hits hard. Like, these are our community. Yeah. I mean, we grew it, yeah. up with all of this we and didn't know no had no idea we i were actually sponsored didn't by know. dupont we were i mean Absolutely. our schools were partners with dupont it was it's just crazy it's it's crazy. and i had no idea that this was even a thing until last week like that's how much i had no idea and I only knew about it, and I didn't know the extent that I know now, but only because I knew Alex was pursuing the class action lawsuit, Alex, that we interviewed in our last episode. That's, it's, everybody knows about it, but nobody knows about it at the same time. It's like, it's not taken as seriously as it really should have been. It, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, I so know just we were a just little... kids when all this was going on, but still. Right. So just a little bit about C8, just to kind of recap. It's manufactured in Parkersburg, West Virginia, which arguably Washington is where Washington, West Virginia is where the plant actually is. So 3M and DuPont are the main sources, um, but they have sold C8 and Teflon products to many companies in which, you know, we had talked about in our last episode, but some of the things, you know, are popcorn bags, spill-proof couches, Teflon in your clothing, like your rain jacket, non-stick pants, shoes, like it, C8 is literally in everything. Baggies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So C8 is the compound needed to create Teflon, and it's it's known, also known as PFOS or PFOA. DuPont and 3M have been studying the chemicals since the 50s. And 
one person on in the documentary, and I cannot remember who it was, had called C8 the devil's piss because heat and fire cannot even destroy it. And this is in our blood. It's it's virtually indestructible. The volume of C8 would not be more than basically one drop in an Olympic-sized pool, and there is there is at least 50 times plus that in the Ohio Valley's water. PFOA is found in, or C8 is found in much more than West Virginia and Ohio. It's found in New York, Vermont, Delaware, and all over the world. And towards the end of this episode, there's some information that's really going to, really going to get you fired. So what actually did DuPont know? DuPont chemist Glenn Evers reported that any compound with an F, such as PFOA, is dangerous. And, and F is tab- for fluorine, right? Yes. It's one of the floor. I don't know if it's fluorine or fluoride. Fluorine. Um, fluorine. Yeah. I think you're right. Which is so why Teflon- it's the teeth. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So Teflon reportedly used this compound. Now, there was a rat study done, and this demonstrated scarring and deformities of the eyes and the fetuses of the rats. Same as Bucky Bailey. Same as Bucky Bailey, even though they denied that that was affecting him or that it affected him. Um, But also, uh, animal testing, rude. 3M told DuPont that under no circumstances should C8 be put in the waterways. And this is right in the documents. And they can demonstrate, or the lawyers can demonstrate, that DuPont knew the dangers of C8, at least by the 60s. The studies, there were several studies showing rats, monkeys, and dogs dying from C8 exposure. The company had knowledge of testicular tumors, liver disease, and pancreatic disease. In fact, monkeys at the lowest dose were dying from C8 exposure. DuPont itself had classified C8 as a known animal carcinogen and possible human carcinogen and possible human carcinogen and still chose to, you know, dump dump things in the chemical into and the still river. manufacture it. And still manufacture it. So Joe Kiger, he is a Parkersburg resident that that like Wilbur Tennant, um, knew something was wrong. He describes, you know, his his friends, you know, neighbors and and friends saying that their kids' teeth were turning black and they didn't know what was happening. The neighbor's dog had tumors all over it. People were getting sick in the area and he knew something was off. And he had gotten a letter from Lou Batterbill basically needing to know, just just letting them know, you know, oh, there's C8 in the water, but really not elaborating just saying it's, you know, it's safe. C8 in the water just need to give you a notice. Um, so, you know, Joe Kiger is seeing, you know, neighbors, dogs getting sick, people getting sick, uh, two guys. And he had mentioned two young guys in the area getting testicular cancer. Um, he just felt something was really off and he just kept going back to that letter from Lubeck and was like, what, what is in our water? So basically, Joe called several several places. He called the Department of Health, the Department of Natural Resources, and he was essentially shut down and told, "Oh, that's not my that's not my area. That's not my field." He called Dupont and he talked to the head toxicologist, 
And he had stated that after he had got off the phone with him, he told his wife that he had been fed basically the biggest lie that he's ever, ever been fed. So at this point, Joe Kyer hires Rob Billet to take a case against DuPont. This is so the she, same Rob Billet that did Wilbur Tennant's case. Yes, and the same one that's in that's represented in the movie Dark Waters. Joe Kyer contacted attorney Rob Billet. Come to find out, the Lubeck letter made it to where if there was no public response within two years, the case would be legally dead, which really just shows how sneaky and shady DuPont's actions were that let's send out this letter. We're going to cover ourselves. We told everyone, oh, two years go by. You have no case. And this is where the class action lawsuit had, had began. So what did DuPont do? Basically a lot of lying and attempts to cover up what they were doing. And just um, recapping on Sue's job, that was Sue Bailey's job to dispose the water directly into the river with no knowledge of the C8 dangers, had actually dumped so much C8 into the waterways that they lost track. They had no idea how much they had actually dumped into the water. And like we had talked about in the previous episode, they collected water samples and that these samples had gone very far from the plant. Their own lawyers, DuPont's own lawyers, advised that they should tell people because people are drinking this water. People are bathing in this water. By 1984, and arguably a lot sooner, uh, DuPont knew C8 was in the air and in the Ohio River and was not telling the community. Also in 1984, the company admits that they have been liable for 32 years, which right there tells you that they knew. They knew. So um, when faced with the decision to come up with something new other than C8 that would not cause harm, DuPont decided it would cost too much and, you know, their profits wouldn't be as high. In the documents, DuPont is recorded to have said, we have to stick with C8. C8 is the devil we know. They essentially ignored the situation and continued to use C8. Now, I think I read somewhere in some of my research that 3M did come up with an alternative to C8, right? Or DuPont did? Even if they did, they chose not to use it because of the profits that they were getting from C8. Right. Yeah. DuPont attempted to stop attorneys from retrieving documents related to C8. They had put together a team basically to defend their chemical. And I know that this is something that this really reminds me of if you've heard of Radium Girls. I think My Favorite Murder did an episode on Radium Girls. I actually haven't heard that episode. I read the book. Um, the book is it is almost a side by side of the company of of that company and what they are doing, what we are seeing right now with DuPont and the C8. Um, absolutely check into Radium Girls. It is very interesting. The book is a little tough to read. It's um, very graphic, but it's just oh, it's awesome. It's just it's a really good representation of of again a, a company doing this exact same thing and poisoning people poisoning their workers and knowing about it poisoning the community so, so is the book just called radium girls yes and i honestly i'm not sure who the author is um this book is basically about the, uh 
women in the 20s that did, um, they painted the clock dials. Kate Moore, on, like, does, watches. That make, does that sound right? Kate Moore. By Kate Moore. That, that, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So these, these women were painting clock dials. Like, you know how, um, your, your watch glows. I mean, they don't use radium now, but they did. Um, and the company had basically told the girls it was okay. Radium was a new chemical and radium was great. And you know what we know about radium now. So the girls were essentially licking the tips of their paintbrushes, dipping it into radium, painting the clock dials, and then re-dipping into their mouths. So they were essentially, I mean, licking radium. And they would do that all day, every day. So, I mean, I'm telling you, it is an excellent read. I think they're going to come out with, I don't know if it's a Netflix adaptation, but it's a movie. Something's coming out on that. Um, I've heard definitely. that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I hope they do because it's a really, it's a good story. <laughs> so DuPont, what, what else did they do? They said over and over that C8 was not a risk, not dangerous, not toxic. DuPont had actually advised the EPA, so the Environmental Protection Agency, Supposed to be protecting us and the environment, DuPont advised the EPA to release statements such as, and I quote, products sold under the Teflon brand are safe and there are no human health effects of C8. So what went down in the, in the 2000s? So we're out of the 90s. In May of 2000, 3M says stop making Scotchgard, which is costing, costing them millions that year. So 3M stopped making Scotchgard because C8 is the main ingredient in that particular yes. product. Yes, and they asked DuPont that they need they needed to stop. So 3M and the EPA agreed to voluntarily take PFOA and PFOS off the market, C8. DuPont admits that they made the decision to manufacture the product and continue using C8 after knowing the danger after 3N EPA had had literally said stop making this and take and they Get took it, it off, off the market. market. Yeah. C8 continued. So by 2002, 3M pledged to phase out C8 by the end of 2002. That same year, DuPont began making C8 at its plant in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Also in 2002, the EPA began the process to determine whether or not C8 should be regulated. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I think it should have been regulated back in the 50s, but, you know, whatever. Agreed. So in 2005, and, and we did talk about this lawsuit in the previous episode, They DuPont wanted to settle. Um, settling is easy. You know, pay the money, we're done. So DuPont agreed to settle the class action lawsuit for $343 million. And this is extremely powerful in the C8 and, and the lawsuit and the movement the plaintiffs refused the settlement, and this is when they set up the C8 science panel. They really took a risk, and this is like we had said in the last episode, where DuPont had thought they're not going to get a study large enough. They're not going to be able to determine that there are, are causal links to human disease. Well, basically, the science panel, as we have discussed, did a seven-year study, did find links, 70,000 people participated, making this the largest human health study in the history of the world. And they found links between drinking C8 
and six different diseases, which we had mentioned in the previous episode. Essentially, anyone in the Ohio River Valley with diseases linked to C8 could sue DuPont for personal injury, and there were over 3,500 cases filed. Reportedly, plaintiffs in the first case won $1.6 million. Now, that is a reported figure. I don't know the the accuracy of that. The EPA fined DuPont $16.5 million for failing to report health risks, which, you know, we've we've already went on a rant about the the $16 million. But basically, to kind of put that into perspective, like what that number actually means, DuPont was selling about $25 billion worth of products every single year. And they, the their only repercussion was $16 million which, you know, like we keep saying, is just nothing. It's changed to them. So in 2015, it was determined that nobody could manufacture or make C8. All right. Now, this is where it's about to get real. This is where it's literally just so shocking. It's, It's shocking. So, okay. DuPont continues to make Teflon. The new chemical is Gen X. This is the name of the new chemical. What is the substitute? Well, we're not totally sure, but what we do know is that a Gen X rat study was conducted and the same tumors were found as with the C8. So while we don't know the the effects of long-term exposure, we are finding out new risks. The immune system can be affected, the nervous system, how we metabolize our food. This disease, the disease, the effects from from the C8 may not manifest for years. Speaking of that, from where that brings up the nervous system, it makes me think of Alex from the last episode where her stuff was all epileptic and with the nervous system, it makes you wonder, was it C8 or was it the Gen X that really pushed that over? And how long it took for that to manifest is really scary. I mean, it's concerning. So what, what else we know Gen X is turning up in North Carolina waters. DuPont has essentially replaced one poison with another. I mean, that's that's what they've done. They've almost moved the heat from the Parkersburg plant to North Carolina plant, and they're making a new compound under a new a new company. So, from what I understand, the company in North Carolina is is Chemours, and it's spelled C-H-E-M-O-U-R-S. And this is a spinoff company of DuPont manufacturing Gen X and is one of the largest producers of fluorochemicals in the world. So it's not, they're not done. This case case is not over. I feel like the fight's not over. You know, it's like they just have just moved. They just moved locations. DuPont was bought out by Kimoris. That's how they are able to differentiate it from, from what CJ, from what my husband understands and from what I just looked up, Kimoris is DuPont. It's not a spinoff company. It's DuPont was bought out. Okay. So let's say that. I mean, okay. So, the documentary has said that Chemours is one of the largest producers of fluorochemicals in the world and that it's a spin-off company of DuPont now manufacturing the Gen X, but 
Nicole, so, so what information do you have on this? Well, I have you, when you said Camorras, it reminded me that one of my, well, I used to be very close with them, but one of my ex friends, husband works at Camorras, I think. And it made me wonder if that was, uh, a plant locally because the way that this made it seem up is that seem was that it was just in North Carolina, but it's actually, I believe if what I'm reading is right, DuPont was bought out by Camorras to help take the heat off of the C8 off of them. Cause now it's a new company. It's this, it's that it's, it's essentially still DuPont. Uh... Just a name change. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, stuff. that wouldn't even surprise me. Um, but I did, I did just read online that they're headquartered out of Wilmington, Delaware. So there's no way they're just in North Carolina. Huh? No. And that's exactly where Dupont was headquartered, wasn't it? Wilmington, or that's where the Dupont family was from, like was heavily in Delaware. Yeah. I didn't make that connection whenever we were during that documentary or until I was just reading that as we were sitting here recording this, that like the light bulbs just went off and I'm ready to fight somebody. <laughs> well, um, Chemours is now one of the largest producers of fluorochemicals in the world. And so I'm being, going to, so this is still being manufactured still, in our community. It's still being, yes, it's still being manufactured in the community. Now it's more, like subtle and more hidden because it's not it doesn't have the DuPont name attached to it. It's Kimwars. It's not yeah. It's Gen X now and it's in several several states. You know you've got headquartered Delaware plant that we know of in Parkersburg plant in North Carolina. Like it is yeah. So to get everyone really fired up, <laughs> I was gonna read some of the quotes. Um, from the DuPont employees that were involved in the lawsuit. So this one we had mentioned in the last episode, but I'll go ahead and recap. Uh, Bernard Riley and Tom Adams, these these are DuPont higher-ups. This is correspondence between them, in which Bernard says, shit is about to hit the fan in West Virginia. So he's talking about the lawyer, or he's, sorry. So he's talking about the lawyer of the farmer that's pressuring them, and he Which writes, was Rob, um, Rob Bellot. Yes. So he's talking about Rob Bellot and he says, F him. And then he called over tenant, a con man. Okay. Next, next person, Bruce Cara, the medical director. Admits that his first recollection of the chemical was when he, he first learned of the rat study. And is the one that stated there's no risk to the women because there's no risk to the fetus. So there's no risk to the women, but there is risk to the fetus? What is the difference? <laughs> this is the medical director, the DuPont medical director. Kathleen, I am going to say, I think it's Forte. So Kathleen Forte in public relations was asked if the C8 in the stream, if, if, C8 was in the streams, and if they never told them, never told the community about the C8, and she agreed. She was asked if Parkersburg was contaminated with C8, and she said, 
I don't know if I would characterize it that way. She was asked if 50,000 pounds of C8 was put into the river, if that was a contamination, and she said nothing. Charles Holliday, the CEO, he admits that DuPont made the decision of manufacturing C8 and continuing to use C8 after knowing the danger, but didn't recall the exact timing of this decision. And this one right here is, in my opinion, the worst. Robert Rickard, the chief scientist, admitted an awareness of increased tumors resulting from C8 exposure. When he was asked, who decides if the public should be notified of risk? He responded, risk is relative. Yeah, relative to my entire community. Relative to people's lives. Like, risk is relative. And who are you to decide? Uh, there was a statement at the end of the documentary that DuPont refused to participate in any way in the documentary. Of course not. Of course. because they're Camorras now. <laughs> <laughs> but that, the documentary is amazing, and it really has a lot of good information. And if you are interested in this case whatsoever, I highly recommend watching it. But if you're the type of person that can't really make it through just straight-up documentaries... I can watch documentaries all day long, but not everybody's same, like same. that. <laughs> <laughs> they actually came out with a movie called Dark Waters. It tells the shocking and heroic story of an attorney played by Mark Ruffalo, a.k.a. the Hulk, who <laughs> risks his career and family to uncover a dark secret hidden by one of the world's largest corporations, a.k.a. DuPont, and to bring justice to a community dangerously exposed for decades to deadly chemicals. Corporate environmental defense attorney Rob Ballot, a.k.a. Mark Ruffalo, a.k.a. The Hulk, has just made partner at his prestigious Cincinnati law firm in large part due to his work defending big chem companies. He finds himself conflicted after he's contacted by two West Virginia farmers who believe that the local DuPont plant is dumping toxic waste in the area landfill that is destroying their fields and killing their cattle. Hoping to learn the truth about what is happening, Balot, with help from his supervising partner in his firm, Tom Turp, files a complaint that marks the beginning of an epic 15-year fight, one that will not only test his relationship with his wife, Sarah, but also his reputation, his health, and his livelihood. So, in this movie, Dark Waters, and I wish Alex was here so she could tell you, but she said that the man that plays Wilbur Tennant just hits him head on like with the way he talks and everything. And if you listen to our last episode, you'll know that that is our friend Shayla's grandfather. And she said that, you know, some of the parts of this movie is obviously theatrical. Like Wilbur was never in a wheelchair and they don't it's think that DuPont raided the house. Of course, you know, whenever you have a movie, you, you know, you need drama, you need things to happen and not that this story doesn't have enough drama on itself but dupont raiding the house you know then taking i, I, I don't know how i i don't yeah. know how i feel about them using a wheelchair to represent like drama <laughs> i know but the there was a part in the movie where they come home and it somebody's been through the house they've um taken the different parts that wilbur had kept of the cows like they had take of the toxicated cows, like they had proof and they had been taken out of the house. Mm -hmm. Documents had been went through and everything. So, I mean, it added a lot of like drama in that sense. 
And then just to show his health deteriorating because of the C8 is why I think the wheelchair was brought into it. But, you know, it's a really good movie and it's got a really good ending too. Like it doesn't just, and it goes into the science panel and everything like that. And the frustration of having to wait seven years to get those results. Um, so highly recommended you guys can rent it or watch it or buy it that's another movie you can add to your list during this crisis it it actually and i just thought about this it really reminds me of and i i don't know if our listeners like i don't know our age range that listens to us but it really reminds me of aaron brockovich yeah <laughs> how she's taking on the corporations that have contaminated the drinking water of this community, it's the same thing. And we see it over and over and over. And it's like, when are corporations going to stop literally abusing and neglecting people? Like, why is why are they always messing with the water? We literally <laughs> can't live without it. Yeah, what water are they drinking? I mean, seriously, what water? And, you know, that is part of it is, you know, I feel like the DuPont people that work at DuPont, they've been exposed. Yeah. They have to. If you, you drink water, you have C8 in your blood. So thanks, DuPont. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, what water are they drinking? Do they have something that we don't know? Like, are they keeping right. it clean? Like, <laughs> I'm doubting it. I'm, I'm going down a conspiracy theory <laughs> rabbit <laughs> hole. But seriously, it just it just makes it makes me mad. Me so. too. But this is I really hope you guys really take what we have said and really you know use it and like Alex and Shayla both told you guys you know just because you're the little guy doesn't mean you can't have a giant impact yeah Wilbur Tennant yeah even Aaron Brockovich since you brought it up yeah you know <laughs> they took they knew something was wrong and they did whatever they could to fix it I mean Wilbur Tennant got a hold of like, you gotta say you gotta say it again even Wilbur Tennant, you know, contacted this big corporate environmental defense attorney just because he knew his grandma. And that's how West Virginia works. <laughs> and, and that's how West Virginia works. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows everybody. And this is just I just wish more people knew about this because Wilbur fought a hard battle and it's still not as known as it should be. No, and it's still ongoing because there are still companies under a guise still manufacturing this product, still putting it in everyday products. Even it's though it's not considered C8 anymore, it's still that same type of chemical. They've just bided time because now all they've done is bided their time to still keep making money because now you've got to go through the whole proceedings because it's Gen X. Yeah, you have to do it again because... It, it's another imagine another 15 year study that's 15 years of billions and billions of dollars it's crazy and if the payout is going to be 16 million in the end why would they not do it because yeah. they don't care about people obviously they don't care and about their own people working in their own plants and they just it's money blood money Literal blood money is all this is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. So, so on that know, note. <laughs> you know, we 
We talk about murder a lot, and this one was more of a white-collar crime, but really, is it? Or is this still considered a murder? I personally think it could be. I mean, when you look at the literal laundry list, it's serial murder. Maybe not a serial killer per se, but it's it's serial murder. It's mass and it's mass a murder. Giant cover up, giant yeah. cover ups. But yeah. that's that's just our opinion. It's obviously nobody's being charged with anything except for a little neglect and fine sixteen point five million whenever you make over three billion a day on something. Yeah. But. <laughs> We appreciate you guys listening to this, and Absolutely. we hope that you guys enjoy this story. Is no, well, I mean, not that I even enjoy it, but <laughs> we hope you guys take the story for what it was meant to do. We wanted you guys to hear about this story and meet the people that are involved in this story. This is a real thing. This really affects everyone. This could be your mother, your brother, your sister, your neighbor down the road. If you own a nonstick pan, it affects you. <laughs> if you drink water, it affects you. So it it's is just all crazy. connected. It's just wild. It's wild. So yeah, thank you guys for going going down this rabbit hole with us. Yeah, make sure you come over to our Instagram, Coffee Books and True Crime, and let us know what you guys think. I love conspiracy theories, <laughs> and I would love to hear. There's some good ones about all of this. There really is. Yeah. Especially whenever you start thinking about how they tie the DuPonts to the Rockefellers and all of that. It's, oh, my gosh. It's a rabbit hole. Alex fell far down into it. <laughs> Should we do another episode, <laughs> question mark? <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you guys would like to deep dive into the conspiracy theories involving DuPont and the DuPont family and stuff, let us know. We're... We're heavily invested in this case at this point, so what's a little bit more research, right? Yeah, I mean, we have emotional ties to this, so family, yeah, this, friends. This one this one hits deep, but you guys, um, we really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to be able to talk to you guys about this, and we'll catch you in our next episode. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. This is Coffee Books and True Crime.